Blog Talk Radio. Set it 
about this party I'm having tonight. What? So good. Meet me at the Compton Swap Meet. I gotta get some gear. Um, Just meet me at the Swap I'll see you then. I gotta take care of something real quick, man. I'll meet you up there.
lay anything in his way. Okay, it's all about the aura I project. That ultimate connect and how you see me as a man of respect, right? So it's like a mutual agreement. All your feet is in the cement. Learn the rules, let you earn your pay. Sure, nosy than you think of what it cost me. To how the world forced me to kill them softly, baby. How the music sound from the basement and how the work bless me. Who let you see the fame don't impress me, dig it? Why it's cut from a different cloth. Blood to set it off. Keep a real nice piece and a law easy. Anytime you can hold your head, then you can hold some bread and relate to what CL said. All I know is the way you gotta go. Bills that really 
took his words and threw them all over the place, so he wasn't too up on the media. Of course, the media don't never like to admit when they screw it up. They kind of screw it up here in Oregon, too. They got Kate Brown in here as governor sworn in today, and uh, John Kitzhaber, the governor who was elected to an unprecedented fourth term, stepped down because they were, you know, been bullying and harassing him and his um, uh, fiance about a lot of matters. They started off with his fiance and then tried to twist him up in and saying that he gave some contribution money and stuff. And, of course, you know, the media does that thing to you, man. They twist you up and they twist your words up and screw you around, chew you up and spit you out, and they never apologize for the misprints and misstatements. And that's just how it goes down. I'm not particularly crazy about them, but I have my own brand of media. You know what I'm saying? I try to keep it 100 here at the, you know, Flossie Jeezy Show Worldwide and keep things popping. You know what I'm saying? And that's how it goes down with that. But now back to the subject at hand with Marshawn Lynch and uh, Russell Wilson says here, as I, you know, increase the volume on, on the computer here, says here that uh, Marshawn Lynch has been in Seattle's backfield for every game of Russell Wilson's three-year career. With Lynch mulling retirement and Wilson eligible for what should be a massive contract extension, among the unknown questions is how much does the former uh, you know, um, meets to the ladder on the field. You know what I'm saying? It was raised again when the Hall of Fame tight end, um, Shannon Sharp, joined Mike and Mike on ESPN Radio on Monday and effectively said Russell Wilson would be a below-average quarterback without Marshawn Lynch. This is what um, he said. This is not what to take anything away from uh, Russell Wilson. He said, but it's going to make, he's going to make $100 million, but without him, Russell Wilson, is a different quarterback without Marshawn Lynch, and at this current juncture, I would, you know, have had. Excuse me, I wouldn't have had Russell in my top twelve to fifteen quarterbacks. Sharp says, Brock Hewitt and Mike Salt spent uh, Monday's edition of Brock and Salt reacting to it and disagreeing with that comment. Amongst the points they made about Sharp's, you know, assessment, he said it's true. If it's true, then why didn't Lynch have a similar effect? on the quarterback he played with during his career. He says here, it discounts the possibility that Seattle could maintain an effective running game in Lynch's uh, absence. The conversation begins at uh, 1811, Mark, uh, for the first hour of the Brock and uh, and Salt show, which, uh, like I said before, I'm apt to agree with the secondary analysis. You know, the only difference between the, the quarterback in the running back situation in Seattle, yards-wise, or let's say touchdown-wise, where it really counts, is uh, Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson really had very, very uh, numbers that weren't dissimilar to each other. I mean, they were only separated by six touchdowns, one being um, that Marshawn Lynch had 13 and Russell Wilson had six. Yards-wise, so far as rushing is concerned, Russell Wilson himself, you know what I'm saying, put up nearly 1,000 yards himself versus Marshawn Lynch's 1,300 yards. So, I mean, I guess it all depends on what your perspective is with a quarterback and a running back situation. But long story short, you know, you have two very powerful players here. And I don't think that we can let allow one to cancel out the other uh, based on uh, conversations like this. I think that when you have two powerhouses, you know, doing this thing, you have two powerhouses 
getting it in the way these two get it in. I don't think you can minimize one or the other for what they bring to the table and what they bring to the team. My thing is is that when you have, you know, two powerful uh, running backs, you have two, uh, excuse me, players, uh, one quarterback and one running back, and they both do an equal job on running the football, um, I think that, you know, you have a pretty good combination and one doesn't cancel out the other. But I don't see Russell Wilson with the, and the fact that he runs you know, the the, um, the uh, ball as effective as he does, I don't see him necessarily going into the toilet just because Marshawn Lynch decides to leave. Although, like I said, it makes his job a lot easier. There are a lot of other very, very, very good running backs out there that could actually step up and, and, uh, and make the same contribution. So when I hear people say, you know, crazy stuff, like uh, Russell Wilson going to go into the toilet if, if, if uh, the other person's not there. I think that's kind of presumptuous and, and in my opinion, kind of silly here again, but, you know, seeing how, you know, what both of these guys, you know, bring to the table so far as, you know, um, what happens with the team. And, and I'm just hoping that the two of them can, can stay together and kind of work things out and, and make things happen because, like I said, I think they're both, uh, great running backs, and I think that they're both uh, the type of guys that, that you're going to want to have on your team at the same time. But if Marshawn Lynch leaves, or, and, and of course Russ stays, you know, then the best of luck to both of them because, like I said, you got two very powerful, very in, influential individuals that complement each other. And so I wouldn't say that you necessarily need to, you know, put out one and keep the other or whatever, but, you know, um, it's a fickle fate thing that happens in the NFL with uh, a lot of this stuff that goes on. And I think that it's kind of funny that, uh, you know, um, when guys are successful, that you want to separate them with semantics. And like I said, they both do well if they stay together. But if they don't, at least we know that the both of them will be okay. Uh, the next subject we have here is an entertainment. And it was a question that came across me yesterday um, from the three, uh, um, we said the real uh, network dot net uh, website where it talked about um, it's entitled "Could Jay Z's Medallion Be Interpreted as Racist?" And so Jay Z's Medallion, you know, what I'm saying, said Joshua D. Copeland posted uh, on uh, February 16, 2015, by the Real Entertainment Network. And my thing, it says here. Let me let me. You know, read read some subscript here for you, and uh, like I say, you folks can go ahead and uh, and kind and kind and kind of get it uh, figured out and see, you know, what you think about it. Again, six four six five nine five three four zero two, and uh, and um, let, let's see what you folks think about this after I read it. Uh, says here, uh, Jay Z is known for effortlessly uh, stirring. Uh, controversy, which means it, translated for me is anything that people don't understand and they want to try to make a, a big issue out of, which might necessarily not deserve all the fodder, but that's what they do. It said it, um, it almost uh, looks like he does it on purpose, but this time it's not the Illuminati uh, people are, are uh, you know it's not the Illuminati people are talking about. Uh, now there's a talk with him rolling with the five percent nation. Um, you know, of Islam, which what's wrong with that when 
like I said before, there's other, you know, religions and factors out here like the KKK and everything else, and you don't have a problem with it. But for some odd reason, they seem to have a problem with, you know, Jay-Z rolling with the religious right. He said, and the brother says, what's the fuss? Well, the 5% is an offshoot of the Nation of Islam, which one of its, uh, you know, core tenets is a view of white people as wicked and inferior to black men. Says here that Jay and Babe were spotted at Barclays uh, Center sitting courtside of the Nets game on Tuesday and were caught wearing the 5%ers medallion. The reporter eventually asked the Brooklyn rapper whether or not the medallion was meaningful to him, and Jay Z uh, said with a shrug, a little bit. He said, "This um, he said this also isn't the first time Jay Z has been connected with the Five Percenters during the time when the interviews promotes his album Magna Carta." The Holy Grail last summer, he was snapped wearing a similar medallion in the, in the Heaven track featured on the album. Jay-Z was referencing a 5 percenters acronym, you know, for Allah uh, by wrapping uh, an arm and leg, leg, arm, leg, leg, arm, head, according to the Daily uh, com. And remember, when he threw a party in London back in 2010, you know that there were, there were, um, um, the only white people that uh, weren't allowed in. Hmm? Um, you know, this is crazy. Let me read that again. And remember, he threw a party in London back in 2010. You know the one where white people weren't allowed in. Hmm. So it said that uh, Malcolm X's former students, uh, Clarence Smith, found the 5 percenter nation back in 1963, and basically they got um, into it about the idea of God and spit uh, he split, split from the nation of Islam. Smith believes that God is something found in every black man uh, rather than supernatural being. Since, unfortunately, he says women are subordinates and uh, they don't have God in them, but he still have a higher, uh, they still have a higher standing than white people, mm, I guess, which means that he didn't believe that the nation of Islam's leader, uh, Wallace Farad Muhammad, uh, was God because you know, he was a biracial, a.k.a. not a pure black person. He says here that Clara Smith seems kind of racist, but about, what about Jay-Z and the five percenters, and he could be a positive racist against white people. Share your thoughts. Well, I'm going to share my thoughts right here as we're alive. First of all, we live in a very, very racist country, and America's always been, its inception was racist. Their thought processes have always been racist. And the racism that they, um, you know, have always shared here in America has always been curious. I mean, you know, we know America's history. So I don't have to go in deep and try to offend people or say anything that's racist. But I find it ridiculous how people always want to jump out there and talk racism and talk about gangs and all this other stuff, but they never talk about skinheads. We know what they represent. We know what the KKK represents. We know what white supremacists uh, uh, represent. And America is built on the foundation of white supremacy. Matter of fact, you know, the term four score and seven years ago that Abraham Lincoln spoke of um, was 87 years because the score is 20 years. So if you have 87 years or four score, which is 80 years, and seven, for 87 years, this country didn't even practice um, the Constitution in its full form that said all men were created equal because they were spending too much time sitting on their ass while they had slaves. 
and 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 what I my response when I saw this on the page was that, you know, the black role in America is one of reactionary to the conditions that have existed for him for 500 years. To ask Jay-Z if he's racist or to give the definition of the 5% of racist is crazy when you consider what, you know, the process of reversing colonialism and racial indifference towards black peace during uh, periods of times when whites were still able to quash our powers of speech and expression, not during slavery, but but post-era slavery, up to the civil rights area, and as of today, in far more subtle form, right, with the housing thing, with the job market, with the way, uh, you know, the Oscars are being presented, different ways that stuff still exists. Saying that, you know, we're, you know, that we were, saying that we were better diluted the uh, oppression that was that was gave upon us and gave us, excuse me, it diluted the oppression and it gave us hope of being stronger and not the victims of submissions to the dogma of that era when white people were doing that to us. So basically we were breaking down the racism that was going on in America by saying that we were better because back in, in the, not only in slavery, but in the early part of, you know, you know, the 1900s, all the way through the civil rights area with the Klan down south and the civil rights stuff and all that dogma that was going on, we had to have something that we could say to lift ourselves up when we were being suppressed and pushed down. The five centers still exist today because the problems of violence and racism still exist, which begs the question in lieu of Ferguson and New York and L.A., right, is are we extreme enough? You say, yet, you know, to try to seek meaning in jewelry, hmm, to me that's very curious. And it is very curious. It is very curious. You're going to look at a pendant that this man is, 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 is looking at, or if you find that a black person might harbor the same racism that we've been the victims of for 500 years and still the victims of racism, whether it's in business practices, whether it's in the way that we, we cope with daily, uh, day-to-day things, to ask if a black man is racist or to look at Jay-Z and see and to ask the question, is a black man racist, is very curious to me when we always have suffered from, from, our, from our racism and the things that we've had to deal with, you know, we've had to deal with in this country. And it's amazing, I find it appalling that you would look at a piece of jury and try to read something in and somehow take something away from Jay-Z at a sporting event or something else. And so far as whites-only things, Come on, people, let's be 100, because this is 100 Radio. There are a lot of white events and organizations that are going on out here right now that are very racist. They're very biased, and they won't allow us in. It's only because Tiger Woods was so, was so popular that you even allowed, that you even allowed any types of, of anything uh, um, uh, uh, so far as African Americans being, you know, in private country clubs and golfing and stuff, I mean, it was up to the early 80s until a lot of blacks were allowed in on, in country clubs. And there's still a lot of areas that I'm sure of that white people have exclusively for themselves. So let's not try to make it, you know, something that it's not by trying to use, you know, the old scapegoating card, oh, he must be racist because he's doing a particular thing. I think it's ridiculous and funny and foul that they would sit up here and, and try to, uh, you know, pull that stuff when, when it's so obvious you know, how the racism goes. And I was going to go to break, but I might as well jump into my next uh, topic, also from therealnetwork.com, where it asks the question, are black people 
oh, just a moment. Okay, I, I check and make sure no one's checking in. Are black people, uh, in, in in a sense, uh, done with the Oscars? He said Nielsen data, you know what I'm saying, um, is is the same way. Uh, it says that uh, they may be, you know, it might be a possibility that blacks will be done because if we keep making just like the, you know, and I say that they go as far as to say that the Grammys are next because like Kanye West said, there was a big upheaval about Kanye West saying, oh well, you know, um, you know this, that, and the third, and interrupting people and doing stuff, and people are upset with him. Well, Kanye West has a very valid point. If you want serious black people who are artists to continue to uh, uh, be part of your shows, if you want your ratings up and have black people watching your shows, then then, then the least that you can do, thanks, I have a good one. Uh, the least that you can do, and my son said not to work, <laughs> so I had, to, I had to tell him later on he's a breadwinner. Um, at, at least you could do is to, uh, you know, give us a fair shake at these award shows. The least you could do is try to, you know, be a little bit more, um, you know, cognizant of the fact that African Americans have put great contributions in and have been long since ignored. It was actually way back in 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 the, in the days that Eddie Murphy blasted, you know, Hollywood once he won his um, award for Beverly Hills Chop that he won an Oscar for that, he blasted America for not having enough African-American input uh, in on, on, the, um, on the situation when it came down to giving awards and how Hollywood had always kept us as slaves. I mean, when we look at what's going on and we look at, at, what, at what has happened in, in Hollywood and everything, um, we have a situation in which um, the, the – um, you know, slavery is the only thing we seem to get. I mean, look at our top actors. The only time that Halle Berry can make it in, can make it in to um, to to a, to a movie or make it into something, is uh, or getting an Oscar is if she slept with Billy Bob Thornton. You know, in Monsters Ball. You know what I'm saying? Where you know she basically was just used as a tool for sex, and so then that was worthy of a. Um, you know, an, an Oscar for her, even though she had not really had a um, a decent role in that movie. She was just, you know, here she was supposed to be mourning for a husband that was on death row, but instead she wasn't. And and, and here again, here's a comment that, that was put out there, and, 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 I, and I put it in where I said a lot of black folks, a lot of folks don't know, and white folks even, that um, when they, they were complaining about Eddie Murphy, um, you know, doing a, uh, a doing a show. And actually, I'm going to hold up on that because there's a point that I need to get to on that, and we're going to do that portion after break. But Eddie Murphy did blast Hollywood for for their roles that they gave us in um, in uh, not really including us in on the process of, of what was going on so far as how um, you know things are issued out in Hollywood. And basically, this story says that uh, says it all. And I'm going to let a guest in here real quick. Rawhide calling in from uh, Northeast Portland. Just a moment. What's the, what's going on, man? What's going on, my man? You know how, man. One of these things where I'm sitting around here at the at, at the, at the uh, studio and stuff, um, you know, feeling it for trying to have a quick show 
on a list of topics because there's been a whole lot of madness out here that's being thrown in here at us, uh, you know, from Hollywood to, you know, Kitzhaber, a good governor that we had here, you know, in Oregon and stuff, being replaced because the media decides to dog him and his fiancée out of, over some controversial stuff. Man does three terms, does right by the state of Oregon for, you know, over almost 20 years and uh, gets replaced. And just a lot of general topics today, music, entertainment, you know, political stuff and, and current events. How's your day going? Oh, not too bad, man. Uh, doing what I do best, helping people get their sound right and stuff like that. I was working <laughs> for the local church, uh, you know, trying to get their uh, sound system up and running. I like that. I like that. That's that, that's my family. Always that's raw high pro folks. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Salmon Street Studios always always getting it in and always giving you know the best effort that he can. Um, you know that, that that that's terrific, man. You know what I'm saying? You need any any type of uh, you know uh, programming or you know music or or your even your film stuff uh, soundtracks done. My man Rawhide is the one. That you know that gets it in, and and and, that, and that's a beautiful thing. Uh, so before we go to a quick break, I'm gonna uh, key you back in on where we're at. The question I guess was asked: Are black people done with because they said that some some Nielsen you know data might be saying uh, just that. And the whole thing is is that it's, it's here. It says that it looks like the next Oscars are gonna have some notable drop in ratings after consistent snubs and uh, unacknowledged talent, black people may finally be fed up with the Oscars. Times article for the Oscars uh, telecast, a few black nominees means black viewers. He says here, as written a reaction to the lack of black nominees at the Academy Award contention this year, also a movie Selma was nominated for Best Picture in the film's absence of other key categories has been the last straw for black audiences. Says the article says uh, that African-American viewers have shown up in large numbers to watch Oscar broadcast when it featured a strong lineup of black nominees, but black viewers have gone missing when the core African-American presence has diminished, you know, as it is in this year. Says here that any drop in, uh, I guess, uh, says any drop in African-American viewership is enormous concern for the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences, which bestows Oscars and has been frequently targeted over the years for overwhelmingly white membership. It said the telecast generates the biggest part of the Academy's 1.5 million annual revenue and maintaining revenues essential to their financial success. Well, I'm not even going to read the rest, but I'm just going to say like this here. When you continue to have great movies and when you continue to have you know what I'm saying, you know, great setups and everything. And you turn around and we can't get acknowledged for anything great. And you take our top actors, and the only time they can get an honor is when, um, you know, you got Halle Berry in the movie Monsters Ball, and, you know, she gets an Oscar for basically sleeping with her with a redneck when her, um, you know, a husband playing played by P. Diddy, you know, is in jail and on death row. He can't get no sympathy or none of her, her, her active time, but somehow she can find love with the guy that put him in jail. Uh, you know, that's curious to me. Oh, you have Denzel Washington, who basically was snubbed on Malcolm X because 
you know, uh, the power of the Jewish influence in America, not unlike over in Jerusalem, overwhelmingly they're scared of what's going on. And I actually played security officer for that movie because they were worried about blacks for whatever reason. They think we can't go to a movie and watch movies over a black historic person. They have officers on horseback like in the 60s, and they have all this weird shit going on down here where they heavily guard with police presence a Malcolm X movie like Blacks Can't Watch a Movie, and you got Mississippi bringing all these other racist things going. Those are the movies where you should worry about it, sad, because it shows the tyranny of white people with, with black folks. It's just curious to me that they feel this way, and then they ignore us during the Oscars. Rawhide, what is your perspective on that? Oh, uh, man, uh, I honestly wouldn't say that I'm curious about it at all. Um, I think what, what uh, you know, anybody who's concerned about it needs to do is to um, take take them out of the equation as far as uh, the folks who um, run the Oscars. Like, uh, so, yeah, you know, Hollywood is built around, uh, you know, making the Oscars happy. But, uh, you know, especially us as um, – uh, uh, a community and uh, you know an uh, entertainment ind- uh, entity uh, need to start doing is making films for us and not worry about what the Oscars got to say because right. um, you know the Oscars really ain't making nobody no money uh, you know it's just uh, an award system uh, that they have in place for themselves you know it's not for us you know um, and they've made that blatantly clear uh, for a really long time. So, uh, you know, if we're not wanted there, that's fine. If we need an award system, let's build our own, you know, outside of BET and uh, stuff like that and uh, mm-hmm. and, and actually get it done. Um, but, yeah, um, the Oscars don't want us, then forget them. Uh, movies for your people, you know. Um, Kevin Hart, you don't hear him, uh, you know, complaining about the Oscars too much or or him really having an opinion on it because um, he's making his money, uh, you know, quote, unquote, uh, out the hood. You know what I mean? And he still still gets uh, gets, uh, uh, his movies into theaters and and, uh, still uh, is able to be a box office success as well because he gets the support of his, uh, he's getting his support from us, his people, you know what I mean? Wow. Um, and, and so, um, honestly, that should be good enough. It, 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 it should be about the quality of your work, not about the accolades that your work is going to receive. Uh, because if the quality is there, then um, you won't have to worry about the accolades. You'll, you'll get your accolades uh, from, from the people who are supporting you. Who who are um, being a part of the the process of you uh, you know creating and and uh, and watching your art. Perfect sense. That makes perfect yeah. sense. You know, along the same lines, you had the same thing happen um, basically last week with Eddie Murphy, and it says here out the the, the, the title of the thing says. Outraged fans to Eddie Murphy. We waited 30 years for this. Well, let me tell you something. Saturday Night Live didn't make or break no Eddie Murphy. Okay? Says here, not since Y2K has there been a bigger hype hype to a non-event. 
with Y2K, everyone was freaked out at midnight, and the world's computers, you know, were plunging into chaos, and they would be able to make a calendar switch, and it was a disaster that never was. Eddie Murphy's return after three decades was, you know, uh, was funny, the funny that never was. So Murphy had a beef with the show so, uh, that he left for Bigger and Better Things in 1984. At the time of his departure, Murphy was the biggest star on the Saturday Night Live cast, right? So and, he had many, I, don't know uh, you, I don't know if you watched the 40th anniversary, but it was uh, actually pretty crazy. Um, and, uh, you know, it came from Chris Rock's mouth. Uh, you know, it should have came from Lawrence. Uh, you know, the guy who's been running it uh, for so damn long. But um, uh, Chris Rock let it be known that, yeah, that that show wouldn't have been a success. It wouldn't be where it's at uh, right now uh, if it wasn't for that one individual named Eddie Murphy who came to that show and just set it off. Exactly. 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 Well, according, according to what it says here, he said he said that he had that beef with the show. He said he attributed to single handedly saving the show from internet cancellation and endless arsenal of, of killer humor like Mr. Robinson's neighborhood, Gumby, Dammit, and his spot on a person like Stevie Wonder. So the reunion had little resemblance or whatever. And and he says here that, you know, fans are pretty ticked off with social uh, media because he was there for about about a minute and some change. And and the whole thing is is that if if they were so worried about that, you see, this is what I'm saying. You can't dog people the fuck out, and then if they take off, decide to get mad about it, you know, uh, like I said, because of the way that things go down. And it says here, no no skits, no character reprisals, not even there's not even a damn joke. Chris Rock spent more time on stage introducing Eddie Murphy than he actually did himself. And my comment was this. I said a lot of folks don't know that you know that Eddie Murphy was the first black to speak up about Hollywood, how Hollywood treats blacks with the roles that they give us in Hollywood. I said he did this after he received an Oscar for Beverly Hills Cop, in which he blasted the industry for making us out to be butlers and maids and et cetera. Uh, and this was during the '80s when that happened, and Hollywood hasn't changed much since. I said, I said again that Denzel got an Oscar as a dirty cop in training day, and Halle Berry got one for sleeping with a redneck in Monsters Ball. I said Denzel could not get one for Malcolm X, and Halle couldn't get one for playing Dorothy Dandridge or in 007. As of, and as of this year, Hollywood has snubbed, you know, blacks as well as the Selma movie, which had high acclaim until they scandalized it with saying that somehow it dissed President Johnson. I said, I think Eddie Murphy's message was loud and clear and very decisive. And I think that that's what you have to do. I think you have to do it to the Grammys. I think you have to do it to to the Oscars. I think you have to do it to any of these programs, except maybe the American Music Award and the Golden Globes, because those are the actual award shows. They give props to to, to black efforts. They give props to black entertainment. They give props the way that they're supposed to. When, When it's supposedly, supposedly, allegedly now, by the alleged uh, dominant society, they sit up here and they act like um, the, the work of these other high falutin uh, artists like Eddie Murphy and them don't, and, and Halle Berry and, and, and Denzel don't count. I mean, I've seen these, you, you yourself have probably seen some of these folks in some great movies and they just don't get to play because they've got a predetermined 
a notion on who they want to be the top dogs. So I think Eddie Murphy. I think Eddie Murphy made you know as right a move as as as, as anyone else could make under the situation and conditions for which they're given their opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it. Um, yeah, and I think uh, Eddie Murphy handled that very well. But uh, you know, they they'll still feel the loss of Eddie Murphy on that show um, for a while. Like you know, he wasn't even involved in any skits. So you realize how amazing uh, uh, or how much people would have been into that show if he would have actually did a skit on the anniversary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, and and uh, Eddie knows his worth. I, I, Eddie really knows his worth. That's why you you don't see him in uh, much unless either he has like full control over the project, or you know it's something uh, you know really really good, you know. But yeah, he's a he's a made man when it comes to this comedy. I can't you can't blame that brother though, man. I mean, you, I mean you, you you can't blame him for not feeling Hollywood because. The bottom line is he probably sitting back in the back of a lot of times and says, you know what, I'll just be damned if Hollywood don't shit on us every time they get a chance. And they do. They shit on, on, on black folks every time they get a chance. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like I said before, you know, I'm with you 110% on what you're saying about how we have to have our own shows, how we have to do our own stuff, how we have to make our own power moves because if you're looking for a power move, from people that have always had acted like they had a bad taste in their mouth for us, then I think that that you got, the only person that's going to be disappointed uh, by what's going on is the people that are in it. You know what I mean? I think I think that's what you're going to end up seeing. I mean, it doesn't doesn't make any sense to to really really um, <laughs> really really put out effort for white folks programming when we know that. In essence, they really don't even want us around. I mean, they they make it pretty obvious and pretty evident that they don't want us around. They don't want us, you know, being a part of what they're doing. And I think we need to quit chasing their rainbow and, and find our own. Um, I'm going to get into one more thing here before before you you commented on it uh, in the group, and it's uh, Snoop Dogg. And I, I don't even have to really read it, but you know. Let me, of, of all people, I have to have folks. You have to understand, Rawhide does a lot of work out here in the community. He he puts out a lot of stuff. He he produces and publishes his own product, so far as music and, and entertainment goes. And he helps a lot of people master their work. So I want to let him comment on this one, and I'm just kind of lay back and, and see what he says about this. And it's titled "Is the TDE Right the New Death Row." Snoop Dogg thinks so. Since ever since Top Dogg oh, has been in the Huh? Yeah, yeah, I did see that 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 post, and um, uh, I don't know enough about TDE. Uh, I've heard a few songs here and there. Let's see, you got Schoolboy, you got Kendrick. Uh, who are the other folks? Hey, Absol. Absol. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, uh, there's like. And I've, I've uh, very far and in between have I heard any collective works from these folks. Uh, the mm-hmm. only one that, uh, you know, I've really given a listen to is Kendrick's album. So I can't really comment on that. 
what I have heard from like some stuff that they've done together, they are pretty tight. Um, you know what I'm saying? And the and the lyrics and stuff is there. Um the Black Hippies? Yeah. And, and I've heard that name, but I haven't heard any of their songs yet. I'm 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 gonna have to definitely look into that. Especially with uh such a comment like that. Now, with Snoop saying it, um, either they're paying this dude for some promotion or he truly feels like that. And if he really feels like that, that is a really big title to put on somebody. Cause Death Row was like nothing else. Absolutely right. nothing else. Uh, and if anything, um, and I know they're going through their troubles, and that actually makes them more uh, death row like. I'd have to give it to Cash Money. Ooh, that's that's new death row because they got Nick who does the thing. They got Drake who who sells out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, they they got Wayne. They keep adding people. You know, um, not really the best. Uh, um, not really. Uh, you know the. Um, I guess not as hard hitting as as uh, Death Row came out, and maybe that's why he's trying to give the title to TDE. Um, but they're not making enough noise for me to uh, for for me to um, to give him that title. But again, that's Snoop giving him the title, and Snoop is Death Row, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? It was it was that's a great opinion. <laughs> they have that's a great opinion, Row. right there. You know. And my man, my man on the street. Let me give you a little piece for those out there that don't know who TD is. It's Top Dog Entertainment. It's, it's, it's Snoop's hookup. They say he rose to prominence at the turn of the decade. You know, conversations comparing the, the label to the fellow West Coast imprint Death Row Records has come in spades. He said here the top, uh, excuse me, the topic was recently revisited by Absol, stopped through Snoop Dogg's you know Double G News Network. And after, you know, TDE rapper, you know, um, recall how his first show involved the label Snoop Dogg called Top Dogg Entertainment, a mini version of Death Row. He says, y'all moving right there, Snoop Dogg says, of TDE's success. Uh, You're like a mini version of Death Row Records. For real, though, y'all doing it. It looks good. It feels good. And it's got the right spirit. And, uh, you know, and uh, the people who fuck with it, uh, so, uh, you know, say keep up the good work said, nevertheless, Snoop Dogg hasn't always felt this way. He said during an interview with Vibe in 2013, he shot down the similarities between the two labels. No, they're not the new death row, he said at the time, but TDE wasn't completely uh, differently uh, done than death row did it. And it says here, I didn't feel like TDE and death row were the same way. Snoop Dogg later added, I feel like death row paved the way for TDE to do it their own way and can stay around for 20 or more years from now. So what you're saying uh, said before, well, Heidi, even before I read the article, which is why I like to have, have the man on, on the street that knows what really is, is uh, you are right on topic with that, and, and that's exactly what he said. And um, man, leave how you do that. Um, so, so yeah, what, was, what, was his, what, what did he say uh, specifically about uh, what makes them death row? Well, it says here that he said um, that. Um, you know, he said, you guys, he says, hey, y'all are moving right there. He said, uh, y'all, he said, you guys are a mini version of Death Row Records. For real, though, y'all doing it. It looks good. It feels good. And it's the right spirit. And uh, people fuck with it, so keep up the good work. And then they said earlier in 2013, 
that he kind of, I think, because of, you know, that bitter uh, beer taste in his mouth from the things that was going on with Suge Knight and Death Row and everything, he said, no, it wasn't really, really like all that. Uh, and and uh, we're nothing like them, we, but they did pave the way for us to do it completely different from the way they were doing it. But he says that right now he's he's going to change his mind on that. And, and uh, I think that with, you know, with success comes comes a, 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 a change of how people might feel. And uh, evidently he's feeling that way because, you know, like you just mentioned, with Kendrick Lamar and some of the other uh, play actors over there, uh, they're doing a real good job of uh, – of uh, you know, keeping it in step like that. That's that's good shit right there. Anytime you can get something that comes out of, uh, you know, from where it's at, you know, there it is. And like you said on the on the post, you said that uh, that's a big statement coming from Snoop, and it is. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Look, I, yeah, I got, that's, I got, that's I got, really I got and especially because you know anybody out in the street can uh, claim anybody. Uh, me personally, uh, you know, I claim G Unit was the new uh uh death row at, at a time. You know? Um, right, right. But see that was me, you know what I'm saying? Which uh, that that amounts to uh uh a little bit less than a hill of beans. You feel me? But when it's coming from Snoop's mouth, you know, um it, it uh, that's that's something I definitely wanna see if I agree with or not. And um I don't know. Um, right now, like the TDE isn't isn't. Let, let's 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 take it to the the business tip. Right now, uh, I don't see TDE, which it's also a completely different market when uh, when uh, Death Row started. So you've got to take that into account and how many people are actually in the game. Um, you know, uh, as compared to when uh, Death Row really started. When Death Row really started, um, there was really nobody to compete against except the East. Like uh, down south, besides uh, Ghetto Boys and a, a couple other folks and some DJs, uh, were 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 coming from uh, you know down south, like that Texas area. But the main stuff was coming out of VA. You know, um, right before Death Row, that's when. Uh, uh, Timbaland started to pop, so so Def was uh was uh, popping already, and then uh, you know you had Death Row coming to the mix, which uh, the the good thing about that is that um, they were uh, they were bringing a, a different level, you know, uh, like that that gangster rap stuff uh, that that was coming out of the West uh, before Death Row. Um, was it, it wasn't as uh, it wasn't as uniform and it wasn't as precise as what Death Row did, because when Death Row hit with just one single, and we're talking one single, you know, uh, which is uh, uh, what was it uh, the the it was the one eight seven on a cop. So many heads, they had absolutely nowhere to go from there, but uh, it's happening with uh, TDE. And it, it, it didn't happen when they, they came out. They're having to work a lot harder than Death Row did. Not saying that Death Row didn't work hard, but uh, with them being uh, some of the originals of that niche and, and, and being so precise with, with uh, their, 
their their gangster music and that G funk, and, and and not to mention because Death Row didn't do Death Row alone. Like you you got to consider everybody that was uh, on the um, on on the uh, the limb of that too, which is you know you still had uh, a little bit of folks from Priority that were coming over. Um, you know you had uh, Quick that was helping them out. You had Warren G that was coming over and helping them out in, in certain places and doing certain things. Um, you know so. That's why that, I'm telling you that. That's why that's a really big statement coming from Snoop, because it's like you guys came out the gate and and just were were forerunners, and uh, even now, even now with having to compete with all the the new music and and things that come out now, um, let a corrupt album come out or let a DPG album come out. No, it's not gonna um, hit the charts. Um, and, and it's and it's uh, you know uh, it's going to be far and few between of the people who listen to it. But uh, when it comes to people like me, um, I, I still enjoy uh, every minute of it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Man, oh man. And, um, <laughs> and, and now where um, where I'm able to agree with Snoop so far on that is uh, again the few little. Um, CDE collabs that I've seen um, uh, from some YouTube videos, like they've been on point and they've been on mark. Um, but but the problem is it, it, they're more of a feel of what Death Row would be now if it was still there or what DPG is. Like you can't even say Death Row now. You will say DPG because that's what Death Row was. Death Row was DPG, okay? Uh, is that mm-hmm. something that you can agree because honestly, outside of outside of DPG, who do you have that that is really represented or came out of death row that wasn't necessarily associated with DPG? Is there anybody? Well, boy, that my man Rawhide breaking it down for your full analysis is oh. useful. That's what I said. I just I'll, turned I'll up the mic and just let him let you know exactly where it's at. You asked me, I'll give it to you. So. Yeah, so we're talking, we're not even talking death row. We're talking DPG. He's trying to say that they're a DPG. Okay, let's start from there. The problem with that is that uh, they're, they're with the, the push that they're doing right now and and, um, and, and the way that uh, they're coming out, they're more on a level of where DPG is now, um, where, yeah, Snoop or in DT, uh, TDE's case, uh, Kendrick, uh, can come out uh, tomorrow with a new CD, and it'll do a Snoop. You know what I'm saying? It'll do uh, right. what a Snoop album, uh, well, not only would do now, but honestly, that, that album could do what a Snoop album could do back in the night. So, right. But the, the problem is you don't have the uh, – they're, they're not getting the, 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 the super hits like that from the rest of the crew. Like uh, Schoolboy, he's he's made himself a notable name, but the the media's not all over them like they were DPG. Okay, uh, DPG uh, man, they 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 were when when the when the media got hold of them, um, they, it was like a president. You know what I'm saying? They were treating them like presidents. Uh, they were watching every single move they made uh, on uh, or in or out the studio and then, and then uh, just, just kept on. 
they're keeping on Kendrick, but I don't think they're they're recognizing uh, the full TDE the way that um, the world had to recognize DPG when they came out. Wow. Well, you know, there's one missing X factor too, and all that, which was the guy who kept the glue together, Mister uh, Mister Godfather himself, Nate Dog, the Hookman. Yeah. They ain't got no That's, Nate Dog. Yeah, Nate Dog was a real big part of that. You know, you don't have the hook master in there. I mean, you can spit lyrics all day, but if you know, unless you're you know doing um, one of you know rawhide prose, creative um, producer, you know rapper, you know hooksologist, thing like that, which, which you do very well. By the way, you got you can listen to some of this man's material. Uh, when you have yeah. a hook master like a Nate Dog. Putting the glue and put and, and uh, you yeah. know putting that model together, and you're using that some of that that super glue uh, via Nate Dog R.I.P. Uh, master Luxologist, then you definitely have a winning combination because cats, you know, whether it's the Pizzas or the, or the G's, they want to have something they can kind of sing along to with the with the lyrics and stuff. And I'm telling you that you yeah, everything that you say, I don't really want to add too much more to it than that because that's that's a pretty good coverage on that. We're we're going to uh, speak on a little bit more of that when we get back after break. But and, and I'm, I'm going to take you out on a little bit of original stuff. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, don't don't break up yet, because like a bounce check, I got to get up out of here. Uh, but oh. I would like uh, to to roll this over. You know, I I roll like Garfield's and friends, so I'm always rolling with somebody. And uh, today, my special guest is the one, the only, none other than. Guess who it is. Uh, is, Jason, it, is, is it is it Mr. Alabaster? No, no, no. We've got Jason. You're in the house, and I want to I want to push this oh. question out because he probably he has uh, he's got to have way more knowledge on TDE than I do. So uh, <laughs> say we probably got the thing, but I mean, you are pretty much all point with your whole evaluation and breakdown and critique about it. Mm-hmm. But it's like. I don't know. Kendrick is the breadwinner in that crew. Mm-hmm. Is the one that everyone is seeking out. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. Death Row, everybody was pretty much a breadwinner. Mm-hmm. So, do they have a corrupt? Do they have a corrupt and do they have a dad? No and no. I don't. I don't see it. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you Jay know, Senior, I think... y'all part of this umbrella, you know, putting it out there right along with Rod. Go ahead, man. Go ahead and finish dipping that juice, man. Yeah, they ain't got no corrupt, man. They ain't got no corrupt. And Kendrick, Kendrick uh, makes a pretty good um, uh, snoop. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I definitely... Well, man. See, I think, too, they were... I think, you know, with the whole DPG and why they were following Neil so much, all them other record labels, they feared them guys. Not just on the musical tip, it was more than just that. Right. People were actually fearing them dudes. You know, yeah. you, know you don't you don't have that for anybody in TDE. And they definitely don't have a shirt either. It helps to have a shirt. Hey, hey I, I'm glad JC is out here. 
next time we do a show, I'm going to have to make sure Jay Senior is around because we've got to get into the topic of this double album thing because he and I were, were kind of mulling over the other day, you know, the Tupac versus Biggie. Uh, double CD, and 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 I and I mentioned something about. Um, actually, it was Joe that mentioned it, but I had went to the bathroom when he came back, and he had mentioned something about you know Wu Tang being in there also was the, the best the double CD thing. So the next time we roll around with a show, we're gonna have to get right. into these, these these albums versus albums, artists versus artists, and CDs versus CDs. You know, I love doing music shows. Because the post That's was a like, hard one. The post was like between, you know, Pop and Biggie, double albums. Right. And Joe and Nelson was like, and I was just like, thing, man. but then too, I commented, I was like, man, you know, for me, that's hard because it's just like, okay, you got 10 niggas on one track. <laughs> man, that's like 30 seconds worth of rapping from each. Man, that's not impressive to me. Well, and, and but but on the other side of that, you, do you realize for that double CD there weren't that many tracks that Pac did alone? Like Outlaws mm-hmm. were a big part of the album too, or him having he had a lot of features on his I double mean, album. He had a lot of features, but I mean, with a Wu Tang album, man, you're getting like eight to ten cats on Plus every features. song. Plus features. Um, what? And here's don't, don't one. get me wrong, though. Yeah, I've listened to that album before, and it does have a couple songs on there that I could listen to, but it's not a double album that I could be like, man, I can't let this play all the way through because I'm end up skipping through it. And, but here's here's a here's a couple more to add. You got uh, the Art of War, okay. from Bone, okay, beautiful double disc. Man, that's like really my favorite. Oh my song that, that yeah. that's a that's a hard one to not put into the mix. Then. Let's take it back, son. We're not even talking about the double ones he's putting out now. Let's take it back to Element of Surprise. Oh. oh. Okay. Damn. That's one of the first people to ever put out a dub. Man. Okay. What did you think about that War and Peace by Cube? Then you got War and Peace by Cube. Um, there was one of those that I just couldn't stand, and I love the other one. I think I loved War. <laughs> I couldn't stay serious for the same <laughs> That's real. That's real. I, I loved the hell out of war and couldn't stand peace. Actually, no, there were a couple tracks on peace, but that's what, that, that even irked me even more because uh, I had to skip to, like, a couple songs, then take the CD out and put back the other one just, <laughs> just so I could hear those songs. And uh, so that war and peace, that, that's uh, – it, it's – a contender, um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's not going to make it too far up the list with the with the four or with the five, including the E forty one that that that's on the table right now. Right. Wow, wow, yeah. yeah. You can forget about all the double ones that E forty has just dropped. We're not even going to talk about those. We're not even going to talk about the double albums that E forty has kept putting out. You know, since then, we'll just do Element of Surprise because it's a classic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's been enough people into it uh, by now. If uh, you know they they really are into their music and and they're 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 uh, you know paying attention, then you can't you can't uh, you can't pass up Element of Surprise. You really can't. That's one of my favorite double disc albums right there. Um, with Biggie, uh, with Biggie, I compare his first one to his double disc, and that double disc does not beat out the first. Right. So 
So that takes him out of running against uh, Pac's double album. Um, because uh, I put Biggie's first album over Pac's double album. But as a double album, uh, that that definitely uh, beats uh, Biggie's double. That's my opinion. That is 100%. That is, matter of fact, that, I'm going to give that a 10,000 rating because that, that, that uh, first Biggie album was ridiculous. That was some phenom shit right there. And the second one, it I really worked. had to search. I double see that search to find really the uh, a lot of continuity in that because I mean, there's just the some songs in there that are just kind of missing. Like, oh, well. and, and don't I get me wrong, I liked it, but putting it I, against all these, I man. think I like his double album a little bit better than his first. Mm. And then I was kind of still in my whole little man. I ain't listening to shit if it ain't West Coast. Mm. So I was kind of still right. right. That type of thing. So that second album, it just had a different sound that, you know, I kind of like compared to his first album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, the, the, his first album was way more raw, way more gritty as uh, as far as the sound of it than the second album. The second album was more of a I Made It album. And, right. uh, you know, this is this is just music after I've made it. Um, and uh, that's not what the, the 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 first album was. Way more hungry. I got I got I got to tell you, and, and it's another question for Jay, real quick. Because I got one final question to ask you guys after this one. You might actually know what it is before I get there. But uh, do you think that the the East Coast West thing kind of influenced you on on on, on the Wu Tang thing? Because you got to remember that the Wu Tang album, and, and Pac said he had a lot of respect for them boys. He liked how they were. He was actually talking about making his exodus out of death row. Uh, he said he wanted to, to work with Wu-Tang and those guys. And when I when I took you to check that Google thing, I wasn't being facetious. It was like I was trying to tell you that when they rated those two, they had uh, the year that Pac had that, that double CD, they had Wu-Tang ranked number two right behind him in that. Do you think the East Coast, West Coast thing kind of influenced you somewhat on, on that, uh, that feeling of the album, or was it just generally the – the listen wasn't really all that all that real for you. I haven't given my opinion on where the uh, Wu Tang album stands. It is crazy that they came out right around the same time as that pot. Um, right. Uh, actually, it was a little bit after uh, that pot album because I remember I was in uh, I was in Washington when the pot album came out, but I was in VA uh, when the Wu Tang dropped. Um, right. That Wu Tang album meant a lot to me. Yeah, that that Wu Tang album, and and it was honestly they they pulled that off damn near with one song. That that Triumph alone oh, made man. that yeah. Um, uh, Triumph at that time was uh, nothing that was coming out of the east. That was nothing that was coming out of the west. It was all Wu Tang, and uh, it couldn't be denied. You couldn't be denied. Um, and then they had uh, they had follow up singles that, that that came off that double album. Plus, uh, you know the 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 mid cuts were were dope too. They gave you um, it's different, man. Like that one might be apples and oranges if you're putting it against the pot, because right, um, right. And this and this right. goes back to what uh, Jay was just saying. When you got eight motherfuckers on each song, you know what I'm saying, and. Right. Um, and and they're able to give their uh, precise and and different style. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's different from that Pac album. Um, now the difference being that Pac album was harder hitting than as a whole than uh, Tang was as a whole. But again, yeah. the few tracks that they had on that Wu Tang that that bump uh, it, it can't be ignored, man. It can't. They did but, some but, shit though. They have a song called Better Tomorrow on that on that album. And then they turned around and made an album called A Better Tomorrow. The hair that recently came out. And I haven't listened to it yet. I plan on getting getting my hands on it. Matter of fact, I just thought about that when I was talking to you guys about that one. And and in all honesty, Jay, I gotta tell you, you're on point with a lot of what you're saying about um those guys. I think the worst part of that probably would be at on payday when it's time to get paid for that, your cut is gonna be a lot smaller than it would for just one guy or two or three guys, a lot of their stuff, uh, whether it was their offshoots of uh, another Bronx War story with the Killer Bees guys or the efforts where it was just Raekwon and, 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 and Ghostface or a lot of this stuff where it was just two or three guys working working the thing. They had this one that was uh, Ghostface, Method Man, and, and, and uh, Raekwon together by themselves. And it was powerful as shit. So I can understand where you where you would feel that there would be some continuity that would be lost when you got so many different guys trying to do it do it at one time. So that's that's all those points you guys gave were as always precise and on time. I guess my last question before you guys jet out would be how are you or are you feeling um this empire thing that's going on with, with them talking about the industry? And how, what is your what is your general feeling for that? Because I can tell you what I feel. I, I I like just about every part of it except for that that that, that homosexual shit. But beyond that, what what, what how do you guys feel feeling that show with Terrence Howard and Miss 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 Miss, 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 Ju- Miss Juicy Cakes uh Taraji uh, uh what's her name there? How you guys feel? Taraji P Henson. Taraji P Henson is a freaking amazing. Ooh, that outfit last week. <laughs> I recorded just that scene and, and cut the rest of that shit off. <laughs> you can't, I can't speak on that part because I haven't watched a single episode yet. I'm well, tired. I've seen them all. Uh, There's so in your face with that 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 dude that that, oh. that, that Jamal and that dude. So man, it's kind of like I have, I have to kind of you know I tell you a little. I'll be back in a minute. Let me know when that shit's over. I just, I just don't like watching that. Oh, what, what the uh, the homosexual part? Yeah, I, I just don't like watching that shit. I just don't. I know it's a reality but, now, but I just don't like watching it. It's reality. It's definitely a reality in this music industry. Um, I like I like it because it it uh, it tackles the the controversy of uh, yeah you uh, you. Um, you're you don't like men you don't like uh you you don't like women you like men and um and you having to figure out um do i do i let that be known do i let that be known and have the world accept me uh do i keep it hidden uh so i can still be successful in the music how does it affect my uh success dealing with the music the whole thing about uh you know him having to virtually keep his father happy um um or or uh wanting his acceptance uh with it, it being uh 
this big controversy of um uh yeah is is uh um am i gonna be uh the one to take over uh this company or or should I be and uh how much are you gonna hold it against me that uh you know I, I don't like women or whatever. But you gotta watch the show because uh dealing with that subject, uh they they handled that within the last two minutes of the last episode. Uh things mm-hmm. are about to get crazy. I like that show because it's a soap opera that that caters to uh, what I like, and it's a hell of a lot better than watching Love and Hip Hop. I've never watched a single freaking episode of Love and Hip Hop, and I never will. But this one, I will. I watch. I watch that, and, and it's funny because um, you know, uh, especially during the late '90s and the 2000s, there was a big rash of all these uh, hip hop artists that um, that were going into acting, and actors were completely pissed about it. Now. You've got all these actors that uh, are playing uh, music uh, industry people, and and um, and they're not using any real artists, which I'm loving. I'm loving actors playing the role of people in this industry. Empire. Well, I'm glad you said that. Let me throw it out there one more time. Let me throw it out there one more time, and so we can hear it on the on the live type of setup. Is Ice Cube a, a sellout for having music and film running at the same time. Oh, listen, go ahead. Because 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 we always I, I, that was something that when when Taz was around that he bought out and Cats was kind of chiming in on it. But I I want to know from from um, from this circle, is a person like like Ice Cube? Are they on sellout status when they elevate to another level at, uh, with motion pictures and don't get? Because to me, it's it's. Let me just put it to you this way: for me, I think it's a stunt grower, grower when we sit up and we limit ourselves just to one thing. And someone in the group said something where they couldn't feel a, a guy, you know, still trying to do hip hop in his in his forties and shit like that or whatever. But I'm thinking, well, you have rock and roll people. They got Mick Jagger at 70 years old still doing rock and roll. So what's wrong with an OG still doing doing his music? Because people say, well, you know, OGs ain't still banging at 50. We don't know that. I'm sure there's a lot of places in California where they're the big bosses now. So that doesn't really make sense. But are you a sellout if you decide, okay, I'm going to start doing a variety of different movies that may be not hip-hop related, but I'm still going to get back to the studio and rap at the same time? Is that selling out, or is that you know kind of kind of uh, abstract to say that about an artist like like say like a Cube that does that? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, we still alive? Okay, we still good. Y'all still in there? Uh-oh, oh, we got caught yeah. up on the other end. Yeah, yeah, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Okay, cool. What, what, what do you think so about the, that, man? The, the best way, the the best example that I can give you is a person that, in no way, shape, or form, can be considered a sellout for uh, what he's been doing and what he's still doing in his music. And he's about 50 years old, and we are talking about too short. The problem is, no, he's not a sellout. Do I want to hear another album from Too Short? Fuck no. 
<laughs> That's just my honest opinion. Um, I'd rather see him do a movie, honestly, at this point in the game. Um, I'd rather see him go act or, 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 or uh, do something else. And it's not to say that, um, I mean, he's still consistent with uh, who he is as far as an artist and a rapper. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's just the same, same old, same. Like, he's literally been giving the exact same style for the last 30 years. <laughs> Going on forty, like yeah, okay. You don't want to be a, you don't want to be a sellout, but um, Jesus, like <laughs> you're not you're not giving any anybody anything different. But hey, you know if it's, if consistency is what works for you, because the man still sells. You know he still has his his um his fan base. You know what I mean. He hasn't lost uh you know um. A thing, you know, and, and if anything, the only can say bad about him is um, he loses people like me. Honestly, there's only been like two uh, uh, two short albums that uh, I, I, I dearly loved and, and can't live without. You know, one being You Nasty, and then there was another one in there somewhere that I can't remember the title to. Um, was but, it Pay uh, Styles? Say what? Was it Pay Styles? X Files, Pace Pace Styles had that one on there where he had uh, Tupac on the album, and it was also that one uh, I, I keep rapping. Oh, what the hell he say? He said, uh, "Keep rapping and you don't stop." I keep rapping. Uh, oh shit! I can't believe cocktails? I can't remember that. Are you um, talking about cocktails? Yeah, yeah, cocktails. That's the one. Co- cocktails, because mm-hmm. Pace Styles was a song in there. A cocktail. That that one right there was for me, guys. He had he had Fox. He had yeah. My man, uh, the, the the brother that passed away. That that song to do the song with Fox. You gotta get mine. I gotta get. You gotta get short. I gotta get mine. Breathe. MC yeah. Breathe. And, and he had him as short and him and, and I think Forte on the same song. It was called Pace Styles, and it was off that cocktails out. But I like cocktails. <laughs> I'll put it. I'll put it in some kind of way. When it comes to too short, and uh, you got to understand, I'm giving this dude uh, nothing but respect for bringing him up. Because, like I said, uh, when you want to talk about not selling out, and you want to talk about consistency, and uh, somebody who is still a factor in the game, you know what I'm saying? Um, there's nobody uh, that compares to Too Short except for maybe E40. Uh, but Too Short has done it just a little bit longer, and. Um, and uh yeah. But um let's see, how did I put it? Too short to me, his raps are like the alternative jazz of <laughs> alternative jazz of, of hip hop right now, bro. Cause it's like it, it puts me to sleep, man. He hasn't changed a damn thing. <laughs> hey man, he's following the Max Ten rules though. You know, said if if you be he said you'd be a fool if you had a style that everybody kept buying and he changed up. That's the Mac right. <laughs> right, right. So now, so now let's uh let, let's go to somebody who quote unquote is uh most likely on everybody's sellout list, which we have Cube, right? Okay. That that that's where that's where everybody's got Cube right now for 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 the most part, right? 
How though? How can you call Ice well, Cube well, see, a and, and, see, and, and, and that's the problem. And that's a, and that's the problem because I can't put him in a, in a category of sellout because if you're listening to his albums. His actual albums, if you're talking about his music, his music um, still hard and raw. Um, it's still cute. You know, he still does his thing. He's another one of those people who doesn't change his style up too much. Um, one reason that, um, you know, I can still listen to him over uh, short is, is more than likely the beat uh, factor. The, the beat factor. Yeah. There's uh, every every beat that uh, Cube has ever uh, flowed on has uh, signified West Coast. You know what I mean? And, and has been uh, a super slapper, a super banger. Um, there's times when he takes risks with some of the beats he uses and things like that. You know, so um, he, there's still a little bit of shock and awe with that. What people don't like about Cube is not his albums. His albums are fine. His music is still, um, you know, where where he left off with uh, Lethal Injection and, um, and uh, you know, the Lynch Mob and stuff like that. Uh, those yeah. the the songs are, are are still there. There he's still doing uh, his part to make sure that that is consistent. What people are upset about is that he's getting his money and they see him in other uh, arenas. Um, but I can't call him a sellout because of his music. Now let's uh, let's switch it to somebody else. Uh, let's go LL. Um, LL. Uh, has always been type of industry or or or, or pop with uh, his music alone. Okay. Mhm. Now you have the uh, the fact that he's way more into other arenas uh, than he is his music. If he puts out music at all anymore. Okay. Um, and uh, with him, um, it's over for him as an artist. It's over for him. And, you know, you can call him a sellout if you want, but if he stopped uh, doing TV and just went to albums, nobody would buy his damn albums. Ain't nobody going to buy no new LL. That's not happening. You know what I'm saying? You you, you, you got his ladies supporters who are getting into their uh, late 30s and uh, mid-40s right now. Um, they'll still rock with him, and they're still going to uh, go buy his albums, but ain't none of his niggas buying his albums no more, man. Um, so, so he's doing what he's supposed to He's doing what he's supposed to do, and that's find his niche in other arenas um, because he likes to entertain people. He, he is an entertainer, um, so he needs to find different ways to do it, um, you know, which was uh, like the Will Smith approach. Uh, Will Smith, we're not going to get another album out of Will Smith, and we're not supposed to. Because he's not, uh, he's not a, a hip-hop artist anymore. That's not what he does. What he is now is an entertainer that works as an actor. It's not the music anymore. I'd love to get another uh, uh, a movie single from him. You know, those are always fun. The kids like them. Whatever. I don't want another album from Will Smith. <laughs> like that. I like that. <laughs> That's one hundred, family. That's one hundred. Hey, hey, did you know? Did you know that? Uh, did you know that LL Cool J put out an album in twenty thirteen? I didn't know that. You didn't even know it. He put I out didn't. an album. <laughs> wow, that's, oh, that's, that's pretty much says it all right there. 
And for this year, and I've actually heard uh, talks about this, for this year he's got GOAT 2 coming out. He needs to stop. He needs to stop. And I'm not calling uh, – I don't know, man. I'm not calling him a sellout because, uh, you know, for the most part, unless you uh, – you're you're trying to punk him. He he's not going to get hard on you. You know what I'm saying? His, his shit is definitely strictly for the women. Um, you know, nowadays. I mean, look at the 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 last three albums that we've known about, which is the definition. The definition. Timberland uh, worked his ass off on that album. That album is actually a banger. Um, Todd Smith. Yeah. Right. Who listened to that? <laughs> then we had Exit 13 13 was written by uh, uh, 50 Cent That album should have never happened Okay Boy. Yeah We had uh, Yeah Yeah man like um, I mean honestly Like the definition was cool but um, it It didn't even get Uh it didn't even uh, get get what it. Uh, LL's always been the rapper for the ladies, sprinkled in with some lightweight car shit. Right. Mixed in. <laughs> and here's the thing. Look, look. Here's the funny part. Uh, we're looking at the U.S. charts on on his albums. Uh, majority of these albums get uh, both uh, you know Billboard charts and R&B charts. Okay, and 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 those are the uh, he gets he gets uh, each album gets each category. So that should tell you about what to expect as far as uh, uh, Mr. Todd Smith and and dealing with uh, him as a hip hop artist. Um, the definition, the one that I liked uh, with Timberland, made four on the uh, on the billboards, three on the R and B. Todd Smith six and two. Exit thirteen nine and three. Authentic, this new one that just came out, 23 on the billboard, 7 on the R&B. He needs to stop. He's got to stop. Wow. He needs to stop. Yeah, 50 should have been done a minute ago. And LL should have stopped with I Can Love You Better and Jennifer Lopez on the album. After that, you're done, man. You're pretty much, you're pretty much done and over with after that. And I did not know he had an album in 2013. And that's that. And that, you know that, why? labels. He switched labels. This one's on something called Espro. Oh hell no! Nah. I never even heard of that. <laughs> well, never... Let me see what <laughs> label Espro Music. Yeah, I've never heard hey, of them before. I... Espro Music. I'm trying to respect your time, but I got two more for you that that I just scrolled down on. That's why I always put a lot of stuff in the in the Twelve Worldwide page. For those of you folks out there, that's www. Facebook front slash groups, uh, front slash, for whatever reason, Flossie Northwest Sports Connection. The hyperlink never did work for the other ones, but it worked for that, so that's where we're at. And we, we kind of sporty around here anyway, but there it is. Um, there was, well, it's, it's three short ones, and, and, I, and I know you guys can both identify with them. What do you think about analysts that are saying that Marshawn, does Marshawn, does Russell Wilson, Still need Marshawn Lynch. Sherman needs Marshawn. Right. Does your boy um, Russell Wilson still need Marshawn Lynch? I agree. 
It's like you got a lot of people out here. And, of course, uh, I, naturally, I media, feel, media folks are saying that shit, so I don't give it much credence because... That, that, uh, it, it, would, it would definitely hurt his feelings, too, if Lynch left. If Lynch left and Sherman stayed, he wouldn't play the same because, uh, um, you know, even though they played opposite, you know, uh, parts of the field, um, their, their games uh, definitely um, complemented each other easily. Easily, uh, they they complemented each other because when you got somebody that's um, stressing out uh, the other team on offense, and then they think they're going to get a break um, when uh, they flip to your uh, defense, and it doesn't happen there either. That's a great feeling. Um, they take Lynch out of that, and they won't have that 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 same um, that 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 same uh, uh, guarantee that. They can handle it on both sides. I, I truly feel that. I truly feel that it's going to hurt the Seahawks a lot if Lynch leaves. Wow. Okay. you got uh, Rap-A-Lot CEO putting out a uh, special warning for Diddy and, 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 and more, more disrespe- on disrespecting Drake. Uh, I never, to be honest with you, I know you guys probably maybe follow a little closer, but I never realized that rap a lot was was that close with Drake. I thought that was a a cash money guy. To Drake? Yeah. Really? Do they Drake rap a lot shares that with cash? Let, 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 sure. Let's let's put it this way: the C, the CEO over there, that brother that you hear that that that, be, that says stuff on Scarface's album said that he said that um, he put, he actually put it on an audio. In which he said it was like Drake was not only left feeling some type of way after after he was allegedly punched in the face by Diddy in Miami last December, but the scuffle has left, you know, uh, Drizzy's uh, mentor, Rapalot Records CEO James Prince, feeling uneasy. And though he is not a rapper, he has entered the booth to reissue warnings to those who are disrespecting him. On a courtesy call, Prince tells Diddy. That uh, now he uh, he has laid hands on Drake and opened the doors for his family to be touched. He says he also has had some words with Suge Knight, whom uh, he called Sugar Bear, who mentioned Drake during a chat about Lil Wayne a few months ago. So I'm like, uh, you know, uh, I never knew that Drake was that close with uh, Rap a Lot Records. Man, listen, listen here, man. It goes like this here. Nobody wants to admit it. Nobody likes the fact that uh, this dude, Diddy, is an actual gangster. But until you motherfuckers start respecting this dude as an actual gangster, um, you're not going to know how to deal with him. Diddy is an actual gangster. Don't walk up to Diddy starting no shit if you don't want to get slapped the fuck out or shot. What I'm seeing or, or what I'm kind of hearing right now is that Drake got slapped in the face by Debuff and then ran to one of his gangster homies and was like, hey man, uh, he slapped me. Help. Help me. And, um, and, and and so now it's somebody else who has to deal with uh, with uh, Drake's problem when Drake needs to handle that himself and uh, 
shot. But um, anybody else, anybody else, they ain't got nothing to do with that situation. And uh, Diddy's going to talk, and ain't nobody going to stop him either because they can't touch Diddy. I, I apologize, but there's nobody who is going to be able to lay a hand on Diddy. I believe he's made that clear, but, uh, you know, there's some folks that really haven't got that message. So love him or hate him, you got to respect him as a gangster. He's not a good gangster. He's not uh, a, a gangster that, uh, you know what I'm saying, is handing out turkey on, uh, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and that's all he does. No, he's the gangster that will uh, lie cheat, uh, connive, and do whatever he has to do to make sure he gets his way. And there hasn't been a lot of people that's able to stop that, and I don't think there is anybody, especially coming from whatever camp Drake is part of uh, or anybody that he can get to to have his back or, or, or fight his wars for him that are going to be able to fuck with Diddy because Diddy uh, is another one of the made men. Uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, Get Rich or Die Trying and uh, the little light skin rapper, I think it was Raheem or something that was on there that was rapping but didn't really want it with the, with the, with the gangster stuff that was going on around him while they, while uh, Alabizi was trying to uh, was trying to deal with 50 cents and he got scared to death. You can't go on. This is what I'm saying about music production and, and, and the rapper's game. In today's world, not like back in the days with the Run DMCs and some of these other cats, you can't go on 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 the radio or on a mic rapping about being hard, and then like you just said, get slapped up and then start saying help. You got to be able to. You have to be like Meek Mill's nature. You got to be actually set to get out there and get in some ass if you have to do it. If not, either you get in somebody's ass or they get in your ass. Change your source. Gotta have that backup. Yeah. Change your talk. You better have that backup. And and if your backup is you having to go and and uh and credit somebody else. So so what is Rapalot saying? Is it a threat from Rapalot? Is it what 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 what's coming from Rapalot? It sounded like a, a threat in physical form. And he was he was telling Diddy that he you know, that when you start saying that you've uh, put yourself in a position because it was a it was a physical event. So when you're telling a, a, a cat like Diddy that his family can be touched, uh, yeah. and I don't know if you really want to go there with somebody like Diddy. Well, so like Diddy, said, now, I don't I know this other cat. Uh, holler at him, Jay. Tell us about this, uh, this uh, the dude. What's his name? Jay Prince. Jay Prince. Talk to me about Jay Prince. Does okay. Diddy have anything to worry about? I just said we shall see. Mm. I mean, what 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 do you know from Jay Prince? What what makes you think that he's actually a factor? What in his past makes him a factor where him uh where where him sticking up for Drake might be a problem for Diddy? Oh shit! Oh, no. William's gotta find out. Yeah, I don't I don't know this cat. Somebody needs to fuck him. I mean, at least he's got the balls to to stand up for Drake, where Drake can't stand up for himself. So I'll give him his respect on that. Like, I don't know why he ain't run a little later, baby. Oh, that's right, because they ain't shit either. 
I'm going to tell you something, though, man. Your boy is an actual gangster, though. Your boy boys and rap a lot for actual gangsters, though. Your Bun D's and your Scarface, the niggas are from South Houston. Them are some for really for reals. And Jay Prince has been with them since the beginning, so I don't know. And, and this is and this is what I'm saying. Uh, yes, they are uh, classified as gangsters. They're probably even harder gangsters than uh, Diddy. Here's the problem: Diddy got money to back up anything he want to do. He's he's the only person. The only person. The only person that I I would say. Um, the only person that I would say. Um, it would would give Diddy a run for uh, their money if they got into some gangster shit would more than likely be Jay-Z because they could fight company for company. You know what I'm saying? And, and put it all on the table and be like, and what? They can go dynasty for dynasty. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that could cause problems. That could definitely cause problems. Rap a lot? Yeah, man, y'all are tough. Not only that, but y'all put out... Uh, some real ass music, 100%. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got nothing against uh, my homie Bum B. You know what I'm saying? Who else rap a lot got? You got Jay Prince. Oh. I, I don't know anything about him. Is he an artist or a producer or what? He's, uh, yeah, he's, the he's, uh, he's a CEO, he's, so I'm, I'm thinking CEO and, CEO and, 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 and the, the rap world is. Is, is, is Rod Man too. And unless okay. rap a lot got something to do with Universal, uh, Drake ain't on his lab, level, uh, label. That's Drake ain't on saying. his label. That's kind of crazy, eh? Why are you speaking up for this man? He's not really part of Yeah, that's what I was asking the question. What is this guy to these guys? I mean, it's Sorry. like, I mean, kind of for real. Like he got his influence. And here's the thing. Talk all you want to, for the most part, if, uh, and, and this would, this would probably be the hard part, just because everybody loves Drake so much. Um, but Drake could shut down your career. I mean, uh, Diddy could shut down your career if he wanted to. It, it, it might be a little bit difficult, but I could see him shutting down a career if he wanted to. Because money talks. Money talks, and if he wanted to invest that much just to shut you up, then he would probably have to move to Rapalite just so he could have a, a, a stable footing so he could still put out music. Or his ass would have to go back to Degrassi. Well, and consider the fact we still don't know who um, got rid of Park. You know, I mean, shortly after he was talking crazy to Diddy directly, um, Things happen, man. We we don't know. Actually, we don't know what happened to Biggie either. Because to me, both guys who was talking about getting kind of tired of being with their prospective, uh, you know, uh, CEOs, they both came up a little, you know, shorter than short. So um, crazy business, man. That, 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 here, here's one for you. Um, Princess Love whoops the shit out of uh, Ray J. <laughs> What you know what I'm saying? Uh, tore, a, a, a Ray J tore his ACL amongst amongst the uh, you know among the other ass whoopers. Uh, <laughs> what's going on with these fellas, man? It, I mean, sounds to me like my man didn't get that last course in the Chris Brown Ray Rice uh, protect yourself at all times book. Uh, wow. Missing a playbook. 
<laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't I don't know who Drake thinks he is, but he better stay in his lane because uh, Diddy's been in it for a while. Who who rap a lot got on their records? Uh, shit, the current artist is Bun B, uh, Zero oh. and Turk. Zero and Turk. Um, now that's I mean, just... when you think about like, man, you know, their past artists, man, they got quite a bit. Well, see, and that's what they have to worry about. They'd have to worry about uh, real gangsters, but I don't see any real gangsters if they ain't got the money touching Diddy, man. Like, sure, you can touch his family, but that that man can wipe out rap a lot. He can. He can wipe out rap a lot. He can make your why, real worse. Why would you, why would you get out there threatening a man's family though, man? I mean that's and motherfuckers start talking about fucking with my family. I think I'm gonna have to come see you. I, I guess you they know? think that's gonna keep me quiet, but from what I've known from uh Diddy, he'll he'll find he he doesn't man, I don't think he takes that lightly. He is a real gangster that we have in our midst. As far as like he's he's Empire, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and, and he's been the the longest standing one. Now, granted, uh, Diddy doesn't really have any artists that are hitting right now like that. You know what I'm saying? And then went into his whole little make the band and his little and he focused on the R&B groups or whatever. But don't let that deter you from the fact that the whole time. This man has kept it 100% um, as far as uh, him being any type of uh, active in the street with his level. Like, he, he doesn't care. He'll still be in the club. Come see him. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's going to be a hell of a battle. You, you're not going to take him out that easily. And, and, and man, we, we got to get up out of here, bro. Um, but, um Please give me a call, man. Hit me, hit me up on this business, man. I've got some really big things working, and, and I need to hear from you on that. And then, uh, hey, yeah, man, watch out for Diddy, hey, dog. Watch out for Diddy, one, one, one last, one last. And I'm, I gotta let you go. I know I gotta get myself. It's about that time. But one more thing. How you liking your boy yeah. Riley Cooper on the Eagles Black History Month calendar? <laughs> 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 yeah, it happens. Riley Cooper on the Eagles Black History Month calendar. Wow! And you remember what he said? <laughs> well, sure, they, they 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 found somebody officially. The, the, hey, he's black. <laughs> put him on the on the calendar to win this year's Super Bowl because that that right there. That's more ultra light than margarine, right there, buddy. I'm not fucking with y'all. All right, fellas. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and end the show with y'all, man. And thanks for calling in. Thanks for that support, JC. You mean? Hey, we Neil. Got, we got, we, yeah. Hey, before you get up out of here, man, I just want to thank you, man, for going and let me, uh, you know, get that uh, dredge and a uh, three arrow. I appreciate that. <laughs> You already know, family. Like I said before, if I if I can't hang, I got stuff to do, and you can and you can use them them, them ballers, man. You know how it goes, man. We got to keep the Northwest connection going because everybody else seems to be on some 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 teaming up on cats trying to win something. So I'm gonna help my 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 Rose City family out any way I can and stuff. So you know, what I'm saying keep me keep me posted just in case you need some other folks. I'm trying to see what I can negotiate for you. So. uh 
Hey, from your boy Tossy Jeezy, 646-595-3402, it's been Flossy Jeezy, it's been Jay Singer, and my main man, the man on the streets with the masters and the beats, my main man, Rawhide. You know what I'm saying? We're going to say good night and good news on y'all. And we will be back with another one. If I can get another show this evening later on, I'll let you folks know in advance. So with that, we're going to go ahead on out of here with uh, my man Snoop Dogg and get it blown real quick. Y'all, y'all be easy out there. Yes, sir. How you 
Charles Dog, so still the deal. For real, got the baby face, and dog got the whip appeal. So name the place. This love I bring to you. On the real baby girl, won't you do me your favorite scene? Y'all stay blessed. Peace.